one import shipment filing that's good for 47 U.S. government agencies. Sounds too good to be true, but it's happening. Hi, everybody. I'm Bob Bowman, Managing Editor of Supply Chain Brain, and this is the Supply Chain Brain Podcast. After decades of effort, delays, and stumbles, U.S. Customs and Border Protection is finally on the verge of implementing ACE, the Automated Commercial Environment. This new regime is supposed to smooth the regulatory process for importers and customs brokers. What makes it really interesting is that it extends well beyond customs itself to embrace those 47 agencies that have some say over goods entering the country, including nine agencies with the ability to hold up shipments if they're not satisfied with the paperwork. Up to now, of course, that word has meant the need for actual paper. Now, over the coming months, we'll see the process become completely automated. It's called the single window, fittingly enough, and it mirrors efforts by other countries to streamline their trade regulations. The goal is to boost the volume of trade, cut importer and broker costs, and cope with the ever-increasing volume of data being required by regulators. To explain it all, my guest today is Christopher Logan, president of Livingston International USA. He tells us about the deadlines that traders must meet in order to comply with ACE, the resources they'll need to do it, and when we might see that dream of automated nirvana come true. So here is my conversation with Christopher Logan. Christopher Logan, welcome to the program. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. We're going to be talking about the automated commercial environment and customs automation. But before we get to that, I want to back up a little bit and kind of get a sense of the history of this whole thing. Customs has been trying to automate for many years. It goes back to the automated commercial system, ACS, the automated broker interface, ABI. I just wonder if you could help put into context for us what are some of those efforts that came before and maybe why they did not yield the desired results and basically what has taken so long for us to get to this point in customs automation. Excellent question. And, and you're right. It has been an evolution over many decades uh, of automation by uh, customs and border patrol to be, become more automated with the importers of record and the broker community. ABI is a great example And as a matter of fact, one of our legacy companies was the first broker to go live electronically with ABI and U.S. Customs. Uh, But that was quite some time ago. And the world has evolved a lot since then. And what was much more simple back then, which was a simple exchange of information electronically versus paper, has become a lot more complex in that with new security requirements and various other U.S. government agencies requiring information on products entering the country, just the sheer volume of data exchanged has gone up dramatically. And the number of interested parties, instead of just being the broker and U.S. Customs, there's now a whole plethora of interested parties, and it's created a much larger challenge for U.S. Customs. And that's really what the the genesis of the ACE initiative is, is about, is really 
dealing with not just the two parties, but up to 47 additional parties on the government side and their data requirements. So it really required a, a completely uh, rethink of the uh, electronic environment. So certainly after 9-11 and when U.S. Customs Service became CBP, Customs and Border Protection, that kind of changed the rules of the game and, and pushed for a, a broader range of automation, right? It did. It did. And and that uh, shortly thereafter, with the increased security requirements that you mentioned, that's really when the ACE initiative was born. And uh, on the one hand, you look at it and say it's been over a decade in the making, which sounds like a really long time. But it is such a fundamental shift in how we interact uh, with each other that uh, the, the time frame is actually not that unreasonable if you consider how long it took to get uh, ACS and ABI fully up and implemented. Okay, well, let's let's get a definition here. The uh, ACE, Automated Commercial Environment, what exactly is it? Great question. And fundamentally, ACE is synonymous with the single window that many people will have heard. So just to put that in, in context, uh, I'll explain a little bit on how the system works today. And what happens when an, an importer brings goods into the country, they need to provide certain information to U.S. Customs in order to get the goods cleared and to calculate any du duties payable. However, it doesn't just stop with U.S. Customs. There are lots of other considerations. Security is one that you've mentioned, but there are also 47 different government agencies that may or may not be interested in getting information about those shipments and many of those government agencies, at least nine of them, have got actual hold authority where they can stop goods from entering the country until they have further inspection and they can actually reject goods. So uh, agencies like the Food and Drug Administration, as an example, have got full hold authorities. And any product that has any relevance to the FDA needs to get FDA clearance in addition to CBP clearance in order to come into the country. And there are 47 different agencies that may have interest in those shipments. So today, what happens is that an importer of record is obliged to file paperwork, and sometimes it really is actual paperwork in, for many of these agencies, for the relevant products in order to get them approved for import into the country. And what single window does, and ACE is what the U.S. Customs are calling the single window, what the single window does is it allows and actually forces all of those interactions between an importer and, and the broker as their legal representative and all of the government agencies to take place in a single window rather than through 47 different interactions. And so the goal of this single window is really to facilitate trade, to make it easier on the importer so they only have to deal with one, one party at one time with one set of information. So the goal is, is laudable, and the, the goal is the, it's the right place to, to get there, but the process and the systems required to get there are enormously complex. I would guess so, but it, it seems almost too good to be true, given the, what we know about government's attempts to automate and streamline bureaucracy, that you could literally make one filing, and that single filing would be accessed by 47 government agencies. Is it, in fact, that extreme, or are there some additional side things that would have to also happen uh, even in a single window environment. That is the ultimate goal, and that is where they are driving towards. The, I would say the biggest compliment I would pay to DHS and CBP 
in this whole systems process is they've taken a very different approach than governments have in the past. Historically, governments would announce a big IT program and it would attempt to do everything all at once and they would have a system go live date and everything would work or it wouldn't work. And then often, sadly, it wouldn't work many of the times. What they've done with this process is they've broken down the ACE program into lots and lots of small bite-sized pieces. And they've worked on them independently and they've been implementing them a piece at a time and sending them out into the business community to be tested. And they will make individual elements of them mandatory over a long period of time. So we will get to a point where all agencies are dealt with through this single window, but it's not gonna happen all on one date. And I think that's the big key to success is to do it incrementally in small pieces. So until that date, until we've, we've worked through every single piece, there will be those side bits of paperwork that need to be done, but at every deadline, every time they put out new functionality, you'll be able to take one or more of these agencies off the list for these external information flows and putting them into that single window. Now, since ACE was announced, have there been snags along the way and any kind of delays? And if so, what has been the reason behind them? There have been. When the executive order was issued by the president in early 2014, they set a, a few deadlines for pieces of the ACE functionality. They've been working on it for, for quite some time, but the executive order sets deadlines. The first deadline was November 1st of last year. And then as we got closer to that date, CBP realized that they were not going to be able to hit that date. So they deferred the date from November 1st to February 28th. And so uh, industry, CBP, brokers, importers have been working very diligently for the most part to get ready for the February 28th deadline. Now, two days ago, CBP has issued a further extension but the extension breaks it out into some smaller pieces, the new deadline being March 31st for uh, many of the components. There's another deadline in May, and there'll be several others uh, staged out through the summer. So there have been a series of delays, and, but each time they delay it, they actually break it up into smaller and smaller pieces so that uh, the, the delivery dates are much more likely to happen. So we are cautiously optimistic that the March 31st date for the pieces of functionality as promised will be realistic and achievable by all parties. And we and the, the broker community and the importers had grave concerns about the February 28th deadline. And we are all much relieved that it has been broken out into smaller pieces and given a new time frame. So really it was a question of customs being just a little bit too ambitious from the start and now having to face the reality of what it really takes to implement this thing? It is, and they have a lot of different moving parts. So I wouldn't say it's, it's all on customs, U.S. customs shoulders. So uh, let me break out a few things. U.S. customs have got a huge amount of system development work to do, as well as new business processes, as well as training their people in the field to deal with the ACE environment. And they've been working very diligently on that. Uh, has not gone as quickly as they would have liked, but they've actually been making fairly good progress. So Given the size of system implementation, I don't have a huge amount of criticism for CBP on those efforts. In addition, the other government or the partner government agencies, the PGAs, the Department of Transportation and other groups have also had to do programming work on their side to link into 
the ACE environment on their side. So as brokers and importers link into CBP, into the ACE window, on the back end, the other government, the partner government agencies need to link in and they need to do systems work. And some of those partner agencies were delayed. So as an example, FDA was behind schedule and now has been deferred indefinitely, whereas NHTSA and LACI are two government agencies that are, quite frankly, ready to go. And they are planned to go on March 31st. Tell us what NHTSA and LACI are. LACI refers to the LACI Act, which governs information required around import of certain forestry products. And NHTSA is the Department of Transportation. So it would apply to motor vehicles and parts that go into motor vehicles primarily. You said FDA is delayed indefinitely? There's not even a, a new schedule for it coming online? There is not a new date on that. I would anticipate that it would be sometime this summer. So it's not it's not pushed out for a long period of time. FDA, as you might imagine, governs not just one set of commodities, but there are many, many different types of subcategories, whether they are food products, whether they are pharmaceuticals, and uh, other things you wouldn't necessarily think in their medical devices, tobacco as well. And uh, FDA has quite a large reach, even uh, many electronics, if they involve screens that emit some form of electronic radiation, like a computer monitor or some forms of lasers that are used in scanners, also can have FDA requirements. It's amazing the the reach that FDA has. Do you think maybe the coming of the Food Safety Modernization Act also complicated matters over at the FDA? I would say uh, absolutely. Absolutely. So FDA is, is one of the most complex partner government agencies, if not the most complex one. Now, now, that being said, they are already exchanging information with Customs and Border Patrol today. They do have a pretty robust system there, but it is not fully ACE-ready. And But they, I do know they are working very hard on that. Let's look at it from the importer and broker side. Both parties, of course, which are required to participate or will be participating in, a, in ACE, I'm assuming, right? Yes. The importer of record and the broker and the uh, Customs broker. What's required on their side in terms of cost and resources? What do they have to do in order to participate fully in ACE? Okay. So starting with the broker, the most important thing is that the IT systems that we use need to become fully, what we call fully ACE compliant. And what that means is that communication protocol between our systems and CBP needs to match their new commercial environment. It's a brand new environment. And the way that we process and we gather information from our, our customers, the importer of record, also needs to, to change. So fundamentally, there are many brokers that either need to upgrade their IT systems or, in many cases, implement a brand new IT system if their legacy IT system is not going to be compatible with ACE. So there's been a huge amount of technology upgrading going on in the broker community, from large brokers all the way to small brokers. Everybody needs to do that. And what about over on the importer side? On the importer side, from a technology point of view, there's less of an impact. However, there are a couple of of important things, is that each of these government agencies currently collect or request data from the importer of record, whether it's FDA or whether it is any of the other government agencies. Now, as part of the ACE initiative, CBP discussed with these partner government agencies what data they would require going forward. And they actually opened the door to the government agencies to define a larger list of data that they so chose. 
Now, government agencies, when asked if they would like more data, generally say yes. So as a result, nearly every single government department that has been requesting data from importers of record have expanded the list of data that they now request. And in some cases, they were previously they were requesting some data as optional. That data has now become mandatory. And the number of data elements and the level of detail in those data elements has grown dramatically. And it is the responsibility of the importer of record to provide that data and to ensure that it's correct. For importers, they need to understand by commodity that they're importing, what are the additional data requirements, and they need to make sure that that data is passed through the broker in a usable format so that the broker can then submit it on their behalf. So for many importers, there could be quite a large change in their, in their processes internally. You would think they're already somewhat prepared because even before ACE was announced, Customs was coming down harder on importers in terms of providing information such as vessel manifest 24 hours before the, uh, the, the ship leaves the port of origin and even starts to come into this country. And so, so certainly there's been a lot of that already, correct? And this just seems like more of an extension of that. It is true, although the number of data elements and the complexity here is probably much larger in aggregate, and also the fact that it varies by commodity makes it a little more complex to comply. So you really have to understand what your products are and what the individual classification or HS codes are for your individual commodities to understand which of the 47 agencies would want to gather information about your products, and then what exact data elements are they looking for? So the, the, the sheer size may not be as much as the AMS or the, with the 24-hour rule, et cetera, but at least those were easier to apply because they applied to everything across the board. These are, these are much more targeted and, and complex to think your way through. So we as, as the broker community spent a lot of time educating our clients, the importers, in terms of what exactly is required, when and how, and how that varies from product to product. So far, we've been speaking about this whole issue as if it were nothing more than a new regulatory burden on importers. But what are some of the benefits that could be derived from the automated commercial environment? That's great, because ultimately this is all about benefits. And once this is up and running, it does provide a great benefit to importers uh, and also to, to exporters from other countries. So it will and, and, and should enable the free flow of trade and ideally increase the amount of trade that the United States has with other countries. Because it, particularly if you are a, a new importer or if you're in another country and you are looking to export into the U.S., when you're trying to do this for the first time, as it exists today, and you have to understand that I have to deal with U.S. Customs, I have to deal with FDA, I have to deal with potentially 47 different agencies some of whom will accept data electronically, some of whom will accept data by paper, some of whom will accept data by fax, and, and understanding all the different requirements today can be very daunting. So it's very difficult on new importers to become fully compliant. And quite frankly, at a small scale, the small and medium-sized businesses uh, often give up. And that's why you'll find in survey after survey, small businesses have got a, a general propensity to buy locally and to sell locally. And a big part of that is just because it's enormously complex to import or export. But if you've got a single window and you can go to a customs broker and the customs broker can explain to you from top to bottom, here are the information required, and you can submit it all in one place, 
all in one method, and then it goes through. And when the goods reach the border for clearance, all of the government agencies can look at it at the same time. And those that have got hold authority have to answer yes or no, whether it can be held. And it comes through all back, all in one instant message, whether it's good for clearance or whether there's there's a hold on it. And if there is, what agency and what information is required. So as it gets up and running, there'd be tremendous benefits to the community, particularly for people who are trying to engage in the world of global trade for the first time. Certainly in terms of process, can it also be expected to reduce the cost of managing international trade for an importer? It should. And the the big point about that is converting paper processes as they exist today into electronic processes. So for the larger importers, that will be the big saving, that instead of these different government agencies requiring paper forms and lots of different formats, they can set up electronic data feeds directly to their brokers with all of that information. The broker can process that in a way that is acceptable to CBP and to the ACE environment, and then that gets parsed out to all the different government agencies. So, yes, by converting paper processes into electronic processes, particularly the larger companies, will save uh, a lot of administrative costs on their side, which which is good for everybody. Benefit or not, it's basically a case of adapt or die, right? I mean, this is not a voluntary program. The industry has to sign on with this according to the schedule of deadlines that has been released. That is correct. CBP will be uh, essentially turning off parts of the system and not allowing uh, importers and brokers to make certain types of filings over time in anything other than the ACE, in the ACE environment. And while we barely have our arms around this particular uh, advance in customs automation, is there anything more we might want to be looking at further down the line in terms of future requirements that we ought to start just getting ready for now? There is still a long way to go with ACE. So first off, uh, we've been talking about 47 different government agencies. They really only have the planning. They've got two government agencies locked in for March 31st. And then there's a series, there's FDA plus nine other agencies that they're planning to do sometime this summer, but without a fixed date. And then there are the rest of the 47 that are to come later. So in the next year or probably more than a year, we still need to work our way through that list of 47. So that's really the next couple of steps. Going forward, as you look into the broader international context, Many other countries are doing the similar things in terms of having a single window system in their own countries for the same benefits, the same reasons that we're doing so in the U.S. But the, I would say that the next thing going forward is once you've got a single window in the United States and you've got a, a single window in another partner country like Canada, which is still the U.S.'s largest trading partner, potentially linking those two together and trying to standardize the types of information that both countries are gathering would be the the next opportunity to really streamline the processes of importing and exporting. There's a saying people have that a good import equals a good export. And by being able to to link two countries together, maybe not 100% in all of the data required and all of the data elements, but the majority of data that we that an importer would need and an exporter would need are indeed shared between or are similar between the, the countries and being able to consolidate around those processes and around those data elements would make things easier for the brokers and would make things a whole lot easier for importers and exporters and would also 
uh, lead to boosting trade between those two countries. So whether it's Canada, the U.S., or other other countries. Good point, too. An additional benefit being that, as you say, we're not the only country engaging in the single window. In fact, some other countries are even ahead of us on that. So we really need to keep pace with the rest of the world on this as well. Absolutely. This is some great information for uh, brokers and and importers of record to wake up and get with the program, literally. So, Christopher Logan, I want to thank you very much for bringing us up to date on the automated commercial environment and customs automation. Thank you very much for being with us today. Thank you for having me. That was my conversation with Christopher Logan of Livingston International USA, talking about the coming of the single window for importers and brokers. We're online at www.supplychainbrain.com, where we post a new episode of this podcast for streaming or downloading every Friday. You can also read my Think Tank blog, watch thousands of videos, and access all of our other content, including the digital edition of our magazine. Look for us on Facebook and LinkedIn, and follow us on Twitter, at SCBrain. You can also download or subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Got any comments or suggestions on this or any episode? Email me at rbowman at supplychainbrain.com. See you next time.